This is Sandcast, Beach Volleyball with Triborn and Travis Mawerda, presented by a number of guys. We got Volleyball Mag putting our audio out. We got video with P1440. Wilson's here, chilling in our little cupboard. And we got Chomps for the Pod Snacks. Yep. Can't yep. do a podcast without Pod Snacks. Yeah, and we have, uh, now we have the guy who keeps the U.S. athletes healthy and up and running, Mr. Chad Beauchat. How are we doing today? Doing great. Um, happy to be here. Uh, Checking up with Try and then uh, just meeting you and excited uh, to chat and see where it goes tonight. Yeah, thanks for hanging out so late on a Monday night too. No problem. Yeah, so what, kind of give our our listeners sort of a background on just how you got into beach, what your role is, just so they kind of know who we're talking to and and who they're listening to. Sure, so uh, being an athlete growing up myself, I mostly football, but um, always been interested in volleyball uh, and, and did watching the Olympics and everything is always a very exciting sport. Uh, I did my doctor degree at USC. I did a, a sports residency at the University of Cincinnati with football. And then as I came back out here in 2011, uh, going into 12, I started doing some of the USA surf uh, tour stuff. And at that time, I got asked to do a, a tournament with USA Beach Volleyball, and it was literally an email from, I don't even know who it was at the time, but it was, do you want to go to Germany next month? And I was like, wow, all right. (laughs) So my first tournament was in Berlin, kind of just got thrown into everything, and uh, that that started in 2012, so going on, what, my seventh year now? Berlin, 2012. Yeah, I think it was 12 or 13, I forget, but that was, um, yeah, that's when I met. Was I there? I don't remember. Well, we won. Me and I won Berlin. I. But I think no, that was thirteen. I think it could have been maybe fourteen. Yeah, it could have been. I don't recall. But yeah, that that was my first exposure to the international tour and uh, loved it. You know, working with athletes has always been a passion of mine. Uh, I have a clinic down in Huntington Beach now that that I'm the owner of, and we uh, it's a holistic model. So it's not just physical therapy. It's chiropractic, acupuncture, massage. You know, my biggest thing too is transitioning an athlete. Um, you know, not just transitioning from injury, but just overall health and wellness and what, what does that take at such a high level of uh, being an athlete? Yeah. And not, I wouldn't have put the transition from you were a football guy, also interested in volleyball. <laughs> that, I, I would rarely put that together. So what was it about volleyball that you kind of liked just because there's such different sports? Yeah. Well, just the, the intensity of uh, any, any professional athlete, you know, really being passionate about their craft and, and at the Olympic level, I think that's, it's just such a, a rarity and opportunity to get to work with somebody like that and, and to really get to learn the culture, you know, of, of the travel. It's such a big component of what you guys do. And, you know, that it just got me really excited every time I went to uh, a beach volleyball tournament, it's probably Huntington or, or Hermosa back in the day. And I was just like, this is intense. And it just got me really hungry about what does it take to be, this kind of athlete, which then, of course, my career and passion of, you know, recovery and rehab, it was like, wow, I'd like to learn more about helping the, these type of athletes. And, you know, obviously football, full contact, but, you know, volleyball, I really like the, the mental aspect of it. There's so much more than just hitting a ball over a net, obviously, yeah. or blocking a ball. And, um, yeah, I ran with it. I mean, anytime you can have your office at the beach, I mean, I think that's a pretty cool job to have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why we do it. Yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's not bad. And we have our Manhattan right. Beach Beautiful. backdrop. Yeah, the backdrop. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And it looks like you've also had some work done um, on your knees. Yeah, that's not a shark attack. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I tell that, everybody. I know a lot of um, 
like physios, like a lot of people who are into this get into it because they were hurt themselves. Mm-hmm. Was that kind of a motivation for you? Absolutely. I grew up in Upper Michigan. There, there's not much there. <laughs> Literally not much, even from a physical therapy sample. I was hurt a lot in high school. Part of it, um, just lack of knowledge, I think, on my myself and also the coaching staff. You know, nothing against them, but there wasn't a whole lot as far as what's nutrition, what's strength and conditioning even at that time. It was literally only me trying to, I don't even know if Google was back then, but I was trying to figure out as much of this stuff as I could as far as, uh, you know, the proper maintenance and, and strength of a body, which then, because of my injuries, led me into a lot of physical therapy. And, and I saw, wow, this is a cool job. You can help a lot of people. And definitely understanding what it takes to come back from an injury and being an athlete, it put me on that, that path. So when I went to undergrad, I played a little bit of football in undergrad. Um, but because of injuries, you know, I, I said this is kind of enough. And and uh, I knew that it was now my, my passion and kind of my direction I wanted to go. So I really just kind of started focusing on the academics and, you know, no longer was an athlete. And, and I think it's really helped me today because now, you know, when people are telling me about post-surgeries or the injuries and the mental aspect of how it limits them with their sport, I truly do understand that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are, like, there are a lot of fields that are, you know, when you learn it, it's still like kind of a fixed knowledge. You're okay years from now, but I feel like physical therapy is not one of those fields. That the education you got, you went undergrad at USC? Uh, undergrad or, at Central Michigan. Okay. Doctorate then, at USC. Okay. Got it. And then, so like, is what you learned in college, does a lot of that still apply? Because I know a big focus for you is kind of having more innovative ways. And it's not just ice and an exercise bike. Absolutely. You're good to go. You know, SC was phenomenal. I mean, they've been the number one PT school, you know, in the country for, I don't know, 15 years. I know now they're not exactly. But, um, you know, it's a lot of research based. So to me, as always, this is a foundation, right? This is what I can build on. You have to have that foundation in order to be confident in what you're doing, diagnosing, and then coming up with uh, treatment plans. However, there's a lot of new and innovative things out there, including products, um, different recovery products that we use, different techniques, and then really getting uh, the big kind of picture of all my different experiences, whether it's you know uh, acute injury management on the sideline or at a volleyball tournament to how to progress somebody back aggressively and safely as possible while they're playing the sport, not holding them out for yeah. a long period of time. And then the recovery component is something probably the newest for us that's exciting. Um, and, you know, recovery is no longer, hey, take a day off, you know, or, or lay around all day. There's so many different things that we can do now from a product standpoint, but even from uh, a mentality standpoint in order to get people back quicker and, and even, even prevent injuries in that case. Right. We are now going to take a quick second for a word from our sponsors. And before we do, we just wanted to thank you guys, as always, for listening. You are what keeps the show going on. Um, Now, if you want to do us a huge favor and drop us a review on iTunes or Podbean, we would greatly appreciate it. If not, support our sponsors. They're the ones who also keep the show going. So any support in any way, we appreciate. So here is a word from our sponsors on Sandcast. This show has been brought to you by Firefly Recovery. Now, I know that uh, I have done a terrible job with my recovery all season long, 
which is why I'm a huge fan of Firefly. I always thought recovery you had to go get a massage. It had to be an hour-long thing, but it doesn't. With Firefly, all you have to do is just strap this thing on to your knee, which is what's been bugging me, and you can strap it on at work so you can do your recovery while you're getting paid and doing your work. You can strap it on during an airplane, which is exactly what I did on my way to Maryland for New Year's and Christmas. You can bring it on the way back from the plane. You can do it in the car ride. You can recover on the go, doing whatever you want, which is exactly why I love Firefly. It does everything that you would need it to do. It moves the blood flow down there, and you're naturally recovering. You don't need these enormous Normatec boots and be grounded. You can do it on the move, on the go. It's a huge help for me um, with how much you have to lift and play beach volleyball. I highly recommend Firefly Recovery, so check them out. Uh, If you are an athlete, if you are just uh, a weekend warrior looking to get that soreness out of your muscles, Firefly is the way to go. So hit them up at fireflyrecovery.com. Give them a try. I highly recommend it. This podcast is also brought to you by Wilson Volleyball. I know if you've been following beach volleyball players on Instagram lately, there's a lot of complaints about how difficult it is to play with the dreaded Mikasa, which is used on the international tours. But if you're not playing internationally and if you're not playing P1440, whose season won't be rolling around till late fall anyway, we are back to using the Wilson people. So hallelujah and celebrating that. So if you need a, a refill on Wilson balls, they are the best balls in the market. And best thing yet, We give you a 20% discount here at Sandcast if you use the discount code WILSONSAN. By far the best ball. The college players use it. The AVP uses it. Almost every grassroots tour uses it. The CBVA rocks it. There's a reason that everyone uses Wilson. It's the best ball on the market. Highly recommend you pick up a bag of Wilsons today, especially if you want to use our Wilson code, WILSONSAND. So go ahead and get yourself a bag of volleyballs today or any other equipment you might need big part of your day-to-day life you know I, I can't say I had it you know on my vision board back when I was in <laughs> uh-huh. you know, high school or anything but I think uh, knowing that I wanted to work with professional athletes you know and, and I've at this point in time I've worked with so many different realms that I, I could have never imagined um, you know volleyball being one of them as well um, but it, it's it's been awesome it's really helped you know, kind of continue pushing my career forward. And then also, um, you know, I'd have to say it's, it's helped me start my company. Um, you know, having, you know, you guys in, you know, helps and attract the younger kids and population. It's kind of a stamp of approval. Like, Hey, if this guy can work on Olympians and he must know something at least. Um, (laughs) so in that, I'm always in debt to that, you know, and it's just, it's been one of those things that I want to continue on helping beach volleyball because it's been there with me from the beginning. And, and, and anytime you're learning, whether it's a football player, whether it's a basketball player, there's so much carryover as far as, you know, what you're going to be doing specifically with them changes a little bit. But from a mentality wise and how to keep somebody in their sport or how to get them back as quickly as possible, it definitely carries over. Yeah. And you've, uh, you actually get to work with, you work with a lot of us on the road. You've gotten to know pretty much the whole national team from being on the road. But there's a, there's a certain amount of athletes who are, almost full-time at repair as well, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Casey was down there yep. all the time when he, Casey Patterson, when he was living there. I don't yep. know if he's making that two-hour yeah. drive now. for a while, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Brooke Sweat, obviously you're really close with. You mentioned earlier you might travel this year with her. Yeah. Yeah, so this year is going to be cool. So I, I plan on going to Moscow with USA Volleyball, which uh, is, you know, we can probably talk a little bit more about that. It's pretty cool how they send the providers out on the road and yeah, spend... Absolutely spend the whole time with the athletes out there. But this year specifically, 
Brooks coming off of her, her last surgery. Mm-hmm. It's been challenging for her for the last couple of years. Um, but this year I'm going to travel a little bit more specifically with her and Carrie and, you know, just continuing to provide, um, the care that it would provide all the athletes on the road. With. That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, if there's any question mark in our fans and listeners minds about, well, Carrie's had how many shoulder surgeries and Brooke had a sh- surgery and they didn't do that well at the end of the year. That right there, knowing that you're going to be on the road with them, taking care of those shoulders, uh, that gives me a little boost of confidence for them. Yeah. They definitely moved up my board. Not that you can ever have carry right, right. <laughs> low on your board. Exactly. But um, no, that's that's going to be huge. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think a lot of people will try, probably try to be poaching you out there. Potentially. Well, that for sure, we know. Yeah. But if Brooke has any say in that, you know, yeah, it's probably exactly. going to be a tough one. <laughs> I know, for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, who else? Uh, Jake Gibbs down yeah, there. Yeah, Jake Gibbs comes in for a amount. He mm-hmm. he's been consistent for a while. Yeah. Um, John Hyden, anytime he's right. in the area. April, she uh-huh. comes in. Um, God, just off and on. Irene has yeah. come in a bunch. Uh, Summer used to come in. So, yeah. you know, the cool thing is that we we have the facility to manage the rehab, but it doesn't mean you have to be hurt either. Right. You know, we're doing a lot of different recovery stuff to help, you know, prevent some of those injuries too. What about also, are you guys doing like weight training kind of mm-hmm. stuff too? Right? So we do personal training. Yeah. Personal training slash performance. We do intertwine obviously the rehab recovery stuff with it. So, right. um, you know, most of the, the volleyball players, they have their own training system set up and I coordinate with the different trainers that yeah. they work with, but we'll, we'll do a lot of um, maintenance type stuff or stability type work, maybe something that they don't necessarily get with their trainers to, to really work together. I almost feel like nowadays it's like the same thing. Like your trainer should almost be your weight coach because you can. It's it's not a matter of rehab. You don't you don't want to do rehab. You want to do prehab, right? Right. And you want to make every movement obviously work to your advantage performance wise, but also to make sure that you can maintain that strength and <clears throat> flexibility and and all that, so you can play throughout a season. Mm-hmm. My trainer is really good with with all that kind of stuff. Sometimes he's, you know, giving us treatment before massage or, you know, whatever it is, stretching us out and that kind of thing. And I think it's, that's, there's a lot of people and professional athletes that are really high level that haven't gone that way yet. And it kind of blows my mind because Mm -hmm. I just feel like, you know, the old, the traditional, like just lift a ton of heavy weight and beat yourself up. And then like, once you're hurt, go rehab it. Like right. that's just gone. Right. Like it's yeah. all together as one now, I feel like. Absolutely. And I, I always kind of view rehab and recovery as the glue that holds everything together, the training right. and all that kind of stuff, the mental work, um, having, you know, that held together by that is super important. You know, a person like LeBron James spends $1.5 million a year on his body. Right. You know, and, they, <laughs> yeah. and he's been and his able trainer to. trainer follows him everywhere. Right. And like hands him his. You know, what kind of protein are we having right. at what time mixed in with what because, you know, mixed in with maybe greens or whatever it is. Uh, I did hear a podcast recently yeah. with him and his trainer and it yeah. was like, yeah, it, it's a full-time job yep. and you're not, it's not, it's rarely rehab. It's always preventative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're, you're getting ahead of it. Yep. yep. And that's why nobody's surprised. Well, people are surprised. He's a freak, but right. like he's playing into his he's going to be able to play into his 40s if he wants yeah. Tom Brady's doing the same thing 42. John Hyden's doing the same thing in our sport it's not it's it's becoming more and more normal yeah. for athletes to do this because of this new way of thinking mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's what a, you know to the typical fan. They they don't they're not seeing all the work that goes in. Yeah, you that's know, the off big the court, thing. right? Which yes, we know personal training and the performance training is a huge component, but really, as of the last I don't know maybe five ten years maybe the recovery component is is a huge piece. You got to just think about the shoulder, you know, and how much wear and tear goes into that. You know, hitting a ball that that many times, that much force. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing with jumping and and you know your back and your knees and all those things. It, it doesn't have you don't once like you said you don't have to wait to break down in order to fix something. It's right. there's wear and tear just like on a car. You know, to have it run smoothly, you got to be giving it oil changes. You have right. to change the tires, all those things, <laughs> yeah. right? It's it's no different to athletes, and that's what gets me really excited is to figure out all those different things to constantly be learning and implementing with the different athletes that you work with. Mm-hmm. Travis definitely needs to. Uh, be taking <laughs> I, I hope he's listening. Right? I, I, walk, I am listening so sure. He's going to re-listen, re-listen to this. Yeah. I walked him into his first uh, training room uh, yeah. in AVP Austin. He made his first main draw. It's like, Travis, this is the med tent. He's like, so what do I do? I, I talk to that guy. Yep. Like, well, what do I tell yep. him? Like, tell him what hurts. <laughs> okay, and then what? <laughs> Just, hey, excuse me, can you help this guy? His leg hurts. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we get a lot of uh, MLB players in, in the offseason, too, and a lot of pitchers, actually. So there's a lot of carryover there, you know, and it's right. just regular. They're not hurt either. Um, you know, they're coming in just to get that balance, you know, when they're doing throwing and they're doing their weightlifting to make sure the shoulder stays in balance is right. basically what I'm talking about here is when you, when you have so much of that kind of cocking phase going back, you, you lose a lot of the internal rotation and, and, and making do. sure that it's balanced out. That's how you prevent injuries. So, um, it doesn't have to be that you have pain or you're hurt. It's literally because of, you know, you got to look at a game as going to battle. And with battle, things kind of get a little out of whack. And that's what we're really trying to educate and teach, you know, uh, from coming into the clinic, working manually, or if it's on the road, managing those things, but also giving the proper tools and education as far as what should I do before I work out? What should I do before I go play a match? Same thing after. What should I do after a match or after I work out in mm-hmm. order to, to have the best recovery so you can, the next time you go, have better performance? Yeah. That's all the stuff that people don't don't think about or don't want to do you know if you're doing it at like in a rec league like you're not going to spend the hour before and the hour after (laughs) you know when you're just going to go to a desk job later but they're the ones getting hurt exactly and another thing people don't realize is that when you're doing this stuff like creating range of motion in your arm right yeah it's injury prevention but you're also increasing the performance of your arm like Mm -hmm. fans are watching okay wow this guy has such a good arm it's his he hits so hard and they don't realize that that well the guy works on his range or yep. whatever you know yeah and then another guy that just is kind of stiff with it or or maybe he didn't do his rehab from the day before or he played in a tournament the week before and you don't have the range in your your t-spine and yep. your shoulder i'm saying this from experience like i'm <laughs> yeah. out there i'm like god people probably think i hit so weak because <laughs> i can't like open my back up right now and right then when i realize that kind of stuff hopefully it doesn't get to that point yeah I go straight to you guys. I'm like, mm-hmm. I can't open, and my hitting is all arm, so it's super soft, and it hurts every time. Right. And yep. then you guys, instead of going to my shoulder, you guys open up my T-spine. So now I have, you know, there's so many different ways that yeah. you guys can help us. But Yeah, it's all connected, and, and mm-hmm. sometimes people don't know either. Like, if you don't have pain 
and it doesn't necessarily affect you while right. you're playing. You may not even know that, oh, if you get a little bit more range of motion in your T-spine, or if you open your hips up hips, a little bit yeah. more, you can jump higher, or you can cock your arm more, which is going to give you more power. Those are the things that we're looking for, too. We do we have our own functional movement screens, head to toe, and we're trying to find all those different things. So even right now, we have an NFL combine class. You know, Nobody's per se hurt. But as they're going through all of their performance stuff, you know, it's primarily built around speed. What I'm doing is the movement screen to see what what is limited. You know, are their hips able to open up? You know, are their glutes fully firing? Is there restrictions in the ankles? Because piecing all those components together, that's how we help get better performance in the training. And at the end of the day, hopefully run a, a faster yeah. 40, which, you know, two years ago, our, our guy, John Ross, broke the NFL combine oh, record. He was with you? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah I so remember. I don't think I don't want to pat myself on the back. But, you know, it's a small component of <laughs> totally. uh, you know God's gift and His genetics, but mm-hmm. you know it all definitely helps. That's I think awesome. one of the things that people don't realize too, and I, I was fascinated by Justin Verlander's mm-hmm. kind of comeback because I was reading a, a pretty long feature on him, and he went to a bunch of different doctors, and they're all like trying to work with his shoulder because his shoulder was messed up, and then one doctor was like, "Oh, it's your feet." Started with his feet. And, his, and then he was throwing some of the best he's ever thrown. Yep. So I feel like a lot of people don't realize like that a problem in your shoulder can really be something on your left foot. Absolutely. Or like with Brian Baumgren, too. Tim Baumgren was cracking <laughs> me up when he was talking about him. He said that Brian had messed up something, I think, in his back. And the doctor like was, was moving around like his tongue and like the roof of his mouth. And it like was a world of difference. And I was like, how do people learn this stuff? <laughs> You know, it, it's different, you know, yeah. but it, everything's connected, mm-hmm. whether it's you're dealing with your, your energy systems, you know, whether you're, you're believing the Eastern medicine and the energies and chakra systems to, to Western medicine, you know, it's a little bit more physical, right. all those pieces go together. And if we're just talking straight physical, so many different things need to happen all the way through the chain in order to get the most efficient power generator if mm-hmm. we're talking overhead athletes. And a lot of that, you know, it starts in our foundation, which is actually our hips. You know, if you're, if you're lacking the range of motion in your hips and you're not getting the right muscles firing in the right sequence, and if you're not able to twist through your, your T-spine the right way or engage your core the right way, you know, you're losing a lot of power in your shoulder. And then what do you try to make? What do you try to do? Your shoulder tries to go into more external rotation, or you try to force it more, and then that's when you start injuring your rotator cuff and your labrum, and yeah. who knows what else. One of the most fascinating things when I was in the gym with my tra- trainer in Hawaii was she had me. Um, I was doing uh, some kind of lift, and I think she had me just engaging my lats, my opposite lat. It was like a one-legged thing, but like. Like, my right lat was connected to my left glute. Like, she thought that by engaging the lat or vice versa, I'm grounding it. So mm-hmm. now I'm giving it something to explode off of. Yep. And that concept was just like, whoa. Right. Like that makes so much sense. Yeah. And then you do it, and you're like, bam. Like, you can yeah. hit it so much harder. Yep. And, I mean, yeah, you think about that. And then think about your feet, which are grounding yep. to the ground, where you're getting all the energy from your feet are like... Yep literally the foundation i mean you really you got to think of it as like a sponge and you know every action has an opposite and equal reaction right so you're loading through and then it's coming off the ground and coming back up through you right so if you're kind of unstable or loosey-goosey that energy is going everywhere right if you properly sequence it all the way through that energy stays in you and boom it goes into the ball right right and so that's one of the concepts she's thinking about right Mm -hmm. there yeah when you when you watch sports it's like when i 
when I read stuff now, I can't just read it and enjoy it. I'm like dissecting it for yeah. the writing, right? And when I took a film class in college, I couldn't watch a movie and enjoy it because I was just like picking apart the movie. Way, when, yeah. you, when you watch sports, can you just enjoy it or are you just like, oh my God, this guy's like got to fix the way he runs or yeah. he's screwed in the year? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's good and bad because, yes, I'm very analytical uh, watching different athletes and whatnot. And you, you see certain things, you're like, how? How are they playing right now? Because you see the lack thereof of what I was just talking about. Um, but it's enjoyable at the same time. And then you also can kind of zoom out and be like, well, the body's pretty amazing because yeah. mechanically that's not very good, but right. they just continue on and be an awesome athlete. You know? Yeah. And we're, it's so built into our heads as athletes. Like, that hurts. Yeah, but I'm playing football. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's supposed to hurt, right? It'd be yeah. weird if it didn't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we like the, you know, the mentality uh, part of it all too. You know, that's where we, we have yoga at our studio and uh, we really work on the, the mental capacity part too because, you know, Obviously, when you're in a game, you know, you're in the zone, you know, where it doesn't seem like you can do anything wrong. I'm sure everybody's been in, in those positions, right. right? And one thing that we try to do is we we can actually help train that, you know, from a mental standpoint, whether it's sports psychologists are really good at it uh, on our side. We do work with some sports psychologists, but also in our, our yoga classes, we do a, a meditation component. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of visualization and the transferring of energies throughout the body and training to be in the zone. So when you actually get in the zone, you're in the game, it's easier to access. And that to me is more kind of the path I'm on right now, really learning a lot more about our energy systems and how we can manipulate them uh, when we do, you know, bad things or have bad things happen, a loss or whatever, to process those and kind of get rid of them versus kind of letting them sit deep down inside of you, which then the rest of the game is kind of crap, right? I mean, that's, you know, Tom Brady does a lot of that stuff. A lot mm-hmm. of your higher level athletes start getting into more of that mental training. Totally. That's, this is the kind of stuff, like just hearing it, I'm like, this is the kind of stuff that for, let's just say for kids out there that maybe want to be a professional athlete, like if this kind of stuff fascinates you where it's like, where can I get these little, you know, this is our job when we're not on the sand and not performing is we're trying to get these little 1% from mm-hmm. anywhere and everywhere we can. For me, at least, that's like the most fascinating part of it is like, yep. oh, I'm working with Chad and he's giving me this little secret of yep. meditation that, that I can use here and blah, blah, blah. And then I'm going to steal this from here. And, yep. you know, how, how many ways can I make my body perform uh, to the best level? It's like having like a car, like NASCAR, you know, yep. where they're like, oh, we're just going to shift this thing and, and the wind's going to go over the car better. We're going to be 0.01 faster. And that's basically the way I see my job and like yep. the most fascinating part of it is like we're trying to build this NASCAR to go as fast as possible and, yep. and people like you guys and it sounds like repair which I haven't been to yet mm-hmm. or at least not your new office mm-hmm. um, is like all inclusive with yeah. all of that I didn't I actually didn't know about the yoga before today mm-hmm. so I'm gonna have to get down there yeah. more often <laughs> yeah when you when you're working at you know the level that you guys are it comes down to those little one percenters right so oh, yeah. From uh, and, and confidence, so like confidence, you, it, yeah. it may not be the one percent that comes into play, but knowing that you have that, you walk out and for like he didn't do this, right? He didn't do that little piece, yep. And maybe he did a lot more, but in your mind, you're like, I know I did a little extra, today. right? Right. It, it gives you that confidence, yeah. Well. And as a young athlete, just having 
your eyes open to those different kind of realms that you can work on, mm-hmm. it gives you an edge for sure. And maybe maybe you're not training it every day. Maybe you don't necessarily know what it's all about. But if if you're least open to it, and which is just going to gravitate that knowledge towards you, you're gonna as you kind of rise up, you know, throughout your career or whatever you're going to be a little bit um, in a better position than potentially the people ahead of you because they weren't thinking of those things. Yeah. yeah. What are some good books that people could pick up on the topic that maybe not super like jargon build? Yeah. Because I know. So many. Because like some of the mental stuff you were talking about, like Mind Gym came to mind for me, which I really enjoyed. I've read it a couple of times, but I don't know if there were any newer books that you would recommend for athletes to flip through and say, hey, if you don't have the time or resources to come in, this will help. That's a good question. You're putting me on the spot. I think the, cl- <laughs> the classic one is, um, uh, what's the tennis one? Uh, uh, the, 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 in, the mental, some game the of inner, tennis, the, the inner game, game of tennis. Of tennis. That, that was the first one I ever read. And like, I've been reading those kind of books ever since. Um, and that's just, it's just really simple. He mm-hmm. simplifies it and it's like sports science, like still to this day, it's like almost all I need to know. I, yeah. I've gotten way deeper into it, but that would be like the first one, I think. And one I've read, uh, more recently was, um, the mindful athlete by George Mumford, who is, uh, the sports psychologist for the Chicago Bulls. So mm-hmm. he introduced, um, Phil Jackson brought him in, and he actually introduced it to Michael Jordan. Yeah, yeah. There's so many out there. The, the one that I probably read the most recent, I was really good. It's called Positive Intelligence. Okay. It's pretty focused on business, but it definitely carries over to athletes. And it's, yeah. It's just it's a uh, mindfulness, of course, but it's talking a lot about your saboteurs. He calls them. So you know those different things to identify. Uh, when you're discussing a topic or analyzing yourself, the saboteurs that come in. So like being ju- being judgmental of yourself, like oh I should have did this better. Right. You know, in all reality, of course, there's always things to work on. But having that judgment, you know, saboteur take over and in the driver's seat, it really doesn't do you much good, and you're actually driving a lot of negative energies towards what you're working on, right. which can get you even further off the path. Yeah, yeah, that stuff's fascinating. It is. Yeah, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. And then with the kind of back to the physical component, so all the beach players are sort of in preseason, slowly transitioning into early season uh, kind of times of the year. What are some recommendations you would have to get ready? Because it's a long kind of grind, especially for guys like Try who are making the Olympic push. (laughs) Yeah, that, you know, he's going to be overseas for like two and a half months. So. How does one prepare a body for right. that type of abuse? How do we steal you from Brooke <laughs> when USA <laughs> didn't send you? Out, yeah. What's your price? <laughs> <laughs> really, for me, um, it, it's it's having the understanding of what you're about to go on. You know, what is it going to take? But it, from a physical standpoint, it's a lot of just mobility. Mobility and then the recovery. So a lot of training's taking place right now, whether that's in the gym or on the court is, you know, if you've beaten your body up for two, three hours, what do you need to do in order to kind of do that oil change? You know, so getting that into play, getting, you know, hopefully if it's a newer athlete now, obviously I've been working with Brooke and some of those other people for a long time. So they, they know, you know, they have pieces of what we learned a long time ago put into their, to their regime, but getting them to have a plan, you know, what do I need to do after I hit the gym? You know, what do I need to do before I hit the gym or going on the court or after? And then how does that look like when I'm on the road? So really 
you know, putting a plan together for them. But a lot of the times it's mobility because, you know, training takes away mobility sometimes. Um, you know, playing an event definitely can take away mobility. So I'm always trying to, and mobility in the right direction too. Obviously, if you're gaining mobility in one way, I want to try to, you know, gain mobility the opposite yeah, direction. You can Stabilize. You right. can't only do yoga. Right. Because then you're going to be... one component. Like, right. Right. Yeah. And, and you're as also with training and, and playing, you actually increase mobility elsewhere. So that's where I'm trying to provide more stability there. So there's not the wear and tear on the anatomy, right? So it's always keeping that balance. And it's a little bit different for everybody, but in, in a large um, part, it's it's similar too. Yeah, what would, like, you, oh, sorry. What would you say is the um, like? Where would you like to see an athlete? Let's say you're the trainer and weight coach. Where would you like to see an athlete uh, going into season in terms of balance of strength, <clears throat> flexibility, all that? Like, do you would you like to see them with more weight and muscle going into season? Because a lot of people I hear is like. Oh, I want to be really heavy in the beginning because I know I'm going to lose it. Uh, that doesn't make all that much sense. You think you want to? I would think you want to be like right at your peak area and then see how long you can maintain that. But I don't know. What would you like want your athlete to, <clears throat> to start season as? Like sure. You know, and your sport is a little bit different too because mm-hmm. that travel component is in there and it makes it really hard <laughs> talk to... about losing mobility <laughs> right, exactly. sitting on a plane for 20 yeah. hours <laughs> Not losing mobility but then also you know it can be hard to get in a good strengthening totally. throughout the year too right and i'm more of the believer off season yes not everybody, the girls especially, are a little bit different than the guys, but to build up some of that hypertrophy and strength in the off season. Mm-hmm. But with that said, it doesn't need to be super heavy. It doesn't mean, hey, let's put on 10, 15, 20 pounds of hypertrophy. I'm more of like the higher um, intensity um, at times, you know, throughout the season, especially lower weight, higher intensity, more right. endurance work, mm-hmm. and then mobility. Um, you know, so it's a little bit different for everybody, but really your off season, it, it, off season is the time. If you need to make some strength gains and hypertrophy, do it then. Right. But it's really trying to figure out the balance throughout the year. And right. that, that is, you still need to do strength. You know, obviously you don't want to kill yourself because you have a lot of competition going on, but making sure that mobility and that recovery stays throughout the year is really the main focus. That's something I learned definitely, um, my first five years on tour or so was like, wow, I didn't realize how much elite professional athletes lift, like, like almost sometimes during tournaments, you know, depending yeah. on, for us, we have back-to-back tournaments. If you're trying to peak for one of them, maybe you want to sacrifice a little bit and guys are lifting during tournaments. I, you know, I've kind of messed around with that as well, but I don't think people realize they're like, wow, they're playing so much. And in order to be able to handle that, they're lifting. So like doing more. To be able to handle how much you're doing, right? You know, it's just got to be done. Surprise! It's got to be done the right way, you right? Know? Exactly. Because it's it's not just say, oh, that guy does lifting during a tournament, so now I have to, right? It, you know, maybe that's one component of a five step process for that guy, right? Exactly. And he's probably has built up to be able to do that too. You know, yeah. One of the first I I think it was 2012. I worked with um, the Ducks through my old clinic a little bit, and right. I was at a game, and I went to the locker room right after, and I'm like, where are all the players? And uh, the head athletic trainer is like over here, and they're doing a full powerlifting mm-hmm. right after a game. Yep. And I was dumbfounded by that. <laughs> but he's like, they play so many games. There's a lot of travel, so we try to get in the, the workouts when we can. And right after a game, 
your body's already spent, so you don't have to lift that much. I think right. they're they're still doing a little bit of heavy weight, but they're only doing maybe one set, and right. then they're done. They're toast, and mm-hmm. you're able to get the most out of that you know muscle group in that moment. And they're warm. And they're warm, <laughs> but with that said, you got to be careful. You know, like you can also get injured during that time, so it has to be done correctly. Right. You have to have you know from a nutrition standpoint, making sure they're getting all their protein, right. aminos, and all that good stuff. Um, and then the recovery as well, you know, you can't just beat the body up and say, Oh yeah, that guy did it. So I'm going to be good. No, you have to have the knowledge with it too. And the plan. There's just, there's so many different elements. I'm like, (laughs) my mind's blown. How many people uh, (laughs) thought that we just go out there and play? Right. Exactly. (laughs) Cool. I mean, cause that's like what I was doing three quarters of the way through the year last year. Like I didn't use a foam roller until midway through the season last year, ever, in my life. Yeah. And so <laughs> I was a mess. Like, like, the, tra- wow. the trainers were, like, amused really slack, every man. tournament. <laughs> One of the things with that is because a lot of times people are like, ah, I'm, I'm not injured. I don't need to do those right. things. You have to start thinking about it in the sense of, like, you obviously know that nutrition's important, right? Proteins and all that to get hypertrophy. You have to think about the recovery component is also good for performance. It's not just to prevent injuries. If you can keep the balance that we've been talking about, if you can keep the muscles mobile and stable at the same time, that really increases the performance, whether from the lift or from you know playing in the game. And to, it's like getting the most out of your what you right. did, right? I, I worked out so hard. I did all this work, but then I slacked on the recovery yep. and the nutrition. If you If you get the right whatever proteins yep. nutrition after you're getting the most out of that workout yep. whereas if you don't do all that stuff you just gain maybe 50 percent of what exactly. you could have accessed there yep same as the recovery absolutely because right? yep. you're yeah same thing we mentioned you know recovery a lot so maybe if we could get a little bit more specific like what are maybe one or two big things that athletes can do to enhance their recovery say after they play three matches on a this, Saturday. This is all for Travis. Gotta get. <laughs> like, Let's say someone wants to know. Well, if we're getting ready for Sunday, it's definitely not for me. <laughs> no, great question. So some of the things in a, in a broad sense, we, I really love vibration. So the body loves vibration. It's going back to a little bit of the energy stuff, mm-hmm. a little bit of frequencies. Everything runs on frequencies. The vibration techniques we, we use um you know different through guns whether it's through the vibration guns or through vibrating foam rollers or even um, you know heat wraps that have vibration built in the body loves vibration it starts to stimulate first and foremost the skin uh, when the skin picks up on the vibration it starts redirecting um, if you are in pain it redirects the signal from the pain fibers to the skin fibers so right away it can not only help you feel a little bit better because of the lack of signal to the pain fibers but it's also telling the muscles to calm down. When you have pain signals going to a pain fiber, the muscles get tight because it goes into protection mode. The vibration helps that calm down. So right there, that helps from that sense. Vibration also helps if it's specific to a muscle or muscle group. It gets a bunch of blood in that area. That blood is nourishing those muscles and once again also starting to calm it down. So any type of vibration, if used correctly, we see a lot of really good results to help with pain, to help with elasticity, flexibility. Um, and we use that in multiple different arenas, whether you know, it's rehab or just recovery. Um, and then also compression. You know, the body loves compression. So after a match or after training, the body fills with blood or the muscle fills with blood, but there's also a byproduct of that lactic acid. 
the lactic acid is, is normal, but what we can do from a compression standpoint in the recovery realm is help flush that out. Um, the lymphatic system is a draining system in our body and it helps start to flush that lactic acid out. And the sooner that you can get that out, the better as now you're left with more of the, the nutrient dense recovery stuff. So, um, you know, those two right there, vibration and compression are awesome. Uh, we also use cryotherapy or some type of cold therapy. And to me, from a cryotherapy standpoint, I like it because it really puts the body in like a state of panic and kind of that fight or flight um, mentality. And it brings all of the blood to our vital organs and takes them away from the periphery. So our arms and feet, our hands, um, our, our legs. It's basically and doing that draining. It, it helps with that draining and, and it, it, it stimulates a lot of hormones as well. So then as soon as you're only in cryo for two or three minutes, but after that, for the next four to six hours, mm -hmm. your body is trying to take in as much oxygen to replenish the blood and then that blood goes out everywhere. And that is kind of, you know, regenerating and really starting to help promote some of the healing factors throughout the body. Yeah. What do you think about um, ice bath versus um, cryo? <clears throat> I mean, it's a lot cheaper, but no, no different, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, other than cryo's a little sexier, it's yeah. a little you don't have to get wet, right? But uh, no, ice baths are just as good. Same kind of the thought. And then how about uh, icing versus uh, like contrast? Cause for me, like I'll shiver if I'm in the ice too long. I'll shiver for like an hour, but when I do contrast, obviously you heat up. Yep. But I go back and forth, yep. and you're basically doing like what you said earlier, trying to flush. Blood in and out and just yeah. get it circulating. Right? I, great question. I prefer contrast over anything. Okay. So going from that cold to hot, cold to hot, mm -hmm. and all you're doing is from... There's a way to do it, though. There's right? a way to like, do it, yeah. So people don't just, like, do, like, the hottest they can handle to the coldest they can. <laughs> right. And it's just the balancing out because from a hormonal standpoint, from a neurological standpoint, from a simple physical blood mm -hmm. standpoint... Getting it kind of vasodilate to vasoconstrict and back and forth. Right. You're kind of, you're just promoting that same mm -hmm. process. Yeah. yeah. It almost feels like, almost, I've been doing ice baths, uh, contrast, um, a decent amount lately. And it actually works for me as like a, a meditate, a meditative mm -hmm. thing. Because, I mean, you're not going to be in an ice bath. You, you might panic. Like your brain's going to be like, God, this sucks. Like, yeah. I gotta get out. <laughs> or you're like screaming or like wiggling or whatever. But to get through it, you have to just like start focusing on your breath or like, right. you know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then you realize once you do and you get into a meditative state, you're not cold anymore. Yeah. You can just, I've sat in pure ice, like there's a little bit of water. It was, I was almost stuck. It was yeah. like an ice cube. And <laughs> I was just fine because I was in that meditative state. But I know that I've had other times where I'm like, Fully freaking out. Like, oh, God, this is so cool. <laughs> and, and that's the difference of taking a very kind of basic principle of ice bath, which you could just say, mm -hmm. oh, it helps, you know, ice everything to help manage the inflammation to what you just said yeah. is now you're training the mental component of right. how to manage that. And that's a whole other level to and that getting, same modality. And you're getting optimal amounts of oxygen. If you're mm -hmm. focusing on your breath and mm -hmm. get, getting full deep breaths, which most of us are breathing, what, like, 40% of our lung capacity yeah. every time we breathe. Yep. And when you go in water, you're going to probably cold water. You're probably going like 20. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And breathing There's is so a many huge, things you can get out of it. Yeah. Breathing is a huge component to that recovery too. So we, we do have a lot of that in our meditation. And then also just with all the recovery stuff we're doing and even rehab, we talk about breathing over and over again. Cause 
breathing literally is our lifeline, but it also, the more you can have that slow controlled breath using the diaphragm and everything versus, versus just like short, you know, mm-hmm. breaths, it makes such a huge difference because you're starving your body of oxygen when they're short and you're not getting all you can get in, yeah. which definitely affects performance. And, and all those training things, you know, that's actually training too. The breathing component can carry over to performance because if you, I mean, you guys know is when you're really tired and you're out of breath, it's a lot harder to play the game, right? Yeah. So if you can, can train that from a mental standpoint, but then also from a physical standpoint of training your diaphragm and lungs working, and that carries over to yeah. performance as well. I took a, um, well, yeah, I took a Art of Breath seminar or class from Brian McKenzie. He's like, you know, one of those top guys in the breath world, mm-hmm. whatever that yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah, he was like kind of teaching us for different athletes and different, you know, whatever different sport you're in or if you're endurance or short burst sport that you can use different breathing techniques to recover. And I was like, I was like, dude, I, I play volleyball where it's really tough for maximum, usually 10 seconds. Yep. And he, he gave me certain, uh, recovery breathing exercises for that specific, knowing that I have to recover quickly mm-hmm. and what I did before that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was cool. I was like, I didn't realize that there's a, there's a volleyball one. Yep. I mean, I mean it's not a volleyball one. It's just like what he thought was what applies to the sport though. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, once again, that's a little 1% thing mm-hmm. that, you know, as a young kid, if you're starting to think, Oh, breathing's important for sport. Maybe you don't know all the different techniques, but you're already thinking about Get it. Get that one percent on your friends, that's, kids. That's right. Be that kid in the playground that's doing the, the full breathing, eyes closed. Yeah. Before everyone, tag, you know? everyone will be freaked out. They yeah. might tease you the first day, and then they're like, "Whoa!" Yeah, like he's on to something. Yep. Then you'll be the cool kid that's ahead of everybody else. Without a doubt. Yep. There's so many things. Yeah, it's exciting. One of the one of the things that I've been interested in because I don't know if you listen to Tim Ferriss ever in his yeah, podcast yeah, he's huge in thing. he's huge into saunas what are your yeah. thoughts on just like the saunas and the the heat therapy and that sort of thing i, I do like saunas you have to be careful because once again it's like if you don't fully understand what it's all about and you're not drinking enough fluids you're not getting enough electrolytes it's not a, it's not like a competition versus the sauna i think that's what people are like <laughs> right i did two hours in there today. It was I'm like, right no, like i mean we could all probably do that, but that's a terrible idea. Right. Well, you, you end up dehydrating the muscles and everything of right. the fluids and electrolytes it needs. So that could be a negative thing mm-hmm. from it. But it is nice to let the body just relax, sweat out some of the toxins, you know, is a good thing. Um, and it helps with flexibility. But I, I, once again, like the contrast component. If you can do sauna, whether it's a cold tub and then back in the sauna, mm-hmm. that that's really good. But I, I do like saunas as far as kind of whether it's the mental component of relaxation, but then just also flushing the toxins and, and relaxing is good. Yeah. I'd never heard of contrast really? before. You see, right you see now. my pictures. Uh, I saw you and, and you and Trevor's Instagram stories yeah. and Trevor's like, you know, what, three minutes in the sauna, five minutes in ice bath, or whatever it was. It was uh, 15 in the sauna, three in the ice. Yeah. It's nice. Dude. Yeah. You're like absolutely. in a unreal state of mind after that because you're doing meditation while you're in the ice uh with the breathing techniques you're getting more oxygen and then you're relaxed like in a sauna so you're not like freezing after Mm -hmm. it feels good Mm -hmm. and then by the end of the sauna you're like fully hot and sweating Mm -hmm. and ready for the ice yeah like the rest of the day after that you're just like feeling great right well there's there's awesome there's so much hormonal components to that too you know because like 
bringing your body to fairly hot, you know, your body has to be like, well, what's going on here? You start sweating. Like that is a, a sympathetic nervous system drive. And then you go to cold to being very constricted and, mm-hmm. and, and going back and forth, like our, our hormones are going all over the place. And, and it is good to shock the system in the right fashion every now and then. And it does help kind of regulate the system a lot better. And it's why you feel so good. You probably sleep better at yeah. night. It helps with all the management of our hormones. Yeah. Yeah. What are what are the biggest mistakes you see, especially beach players, make? Overtraining and lack of recovery. You know, like, I've never been injured. I don't need to do this kind of thing. Uh, and then just trying to, to maybe lift too much or I have to be better. So just a lot of practice, a lot of gym, and not the recovery stuff. And, and eventually start breaking down. <laughs> you know, we got somebody pointing over here. <laughs> yeah, it's just that when you're younger, the body can bounce back you know, fairly quick and fairly easily as you get a little bit, you know, older and start to age, it doesn't, you know, don't necessarily have that wiggle room. Now, is there freak athletes out there that, you know, get by without doing much recovery and rehab and they're okay? Sure. But they are, like I said, freak athletes and they're, they're different and that's not everybody. Mm -hmm. So that, that is probably, um, you know, in a bigger picture would be just kind of, you know, arrogant, not willing to have an open mindset and to say, even though I've been doing this for a while, there's more I could do in order to prolong it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm thinking Taylor Crabb falls into that freak <laughs> athlete, just plays like 10 days a week. Somehow yeah. he fits in and then he's lifting every now and then. And well, it's nice I don't think like his nutrition is the greatest. <laughs> no, light. And he, he gets it. Like I, I've seen him, um, you know, tapping into it here and there more and more. Definitely like a fraction of what I do, mm-hmm. which is fine. Uh, I understand that he's like 160 pounds and fast and <laughs> flexible and like, yeah. you know, there's not as much impact, uh, mm-hmm. not carrying as much around. Um, but yeah, there's definitely people that do it a yeah. lot differently. Yeah, and he has a little bit more room for air, right? Because of what you said, he's a little bit lighter, he's more flexible, obviously he's a very younger. gifted athlete, <laughs> younger. But with that said, as you get a little bit further in his career, you you run yourself at a higher risk for injury, right? And I think you lack performance. I mean, your partner with Jake Gibb, who's obviously defying the odds when you're blocking past 30 on the world tour. Yeah. Uh, So he's certainly learning and and, uh, probably going to be adopting Mm -hmm. a lot of that stuff in these next few years. Yep. I I pretty much guarantee it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think something people don't really know about much is like what's what's it like traveling on the world tour mm-hmm. for us as athletes but also you know you get to see it and uh well first of all you guys just get worked yeah. and you guys come <laughs> it's it's so bad because we're all like begging you for treatment and, yeah. and you know we have our treatment times but you guys are just like grinding all day working yeah. harder than us like more tired than us and we're playing in a tournament right right i mean that's one thing with uh you know leaving the clinic and being gone for 10 days, going to all these, you know, cooler places yeah. in the world. Everyone's like, oh, that's so fun. You know, like, you well, get a free all, trip. You, you guys are volunteering, too, which is, the, like, yeah. huge. Like, I, I, I'm i surprised you guys do more than one trip. Yeah. <laughs> you guys volunteer for USA Volleyball to come out on the road with us and treat every athlete that yep. goes to that tournament. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> what, we have... Four teams on each side. Yeah, 16. 16 people sometimes. Maybe more if there's a qualifier and whatnot. And treatments can be up to 45 minutes yeah. per athlete. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, obviously, all the athletes want more. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, you guys are in your rooms. Like, basically how it goes is we all play in the tournaments. Some people need some stuff beforehand, so they call you. Your room is just not your room. It's everybody's <laughs> room. Yeah. Yeah. We all go to Chad's room or whoever the medical provider is. There's two beds. Athletes usually are on one bed, and then usually people try to stay off your bed you're sleeping on, but <laughs> Doesn't probably not allowed. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have your, your uh, table set up. All the the um, yeah, well, all your supplies and stuff supplies, are yeah. all over the mm-hmm. TV table and the desk and everything, and mm-hmm. it's just like a full office. And that's hey. where we get our treatment is in the medical provider's room. Mm-hmm. And then you somehow try to get to our matches. I don't know how you can even come to matches. <laughs> yeah, it's a challenge. I mean, we we do at the beginning of the week try to figure out does anybody have an injury, right? So mm-hmm. then we're putting a plan together to manage that throughout the week and and the obvious goals are to make progression in it not just manage it so that's kind of first and foremost is figure out those things and the next part is you know that those oil changes you know is it just general flushes head to toe kind of thing Mm -hmm. flushes meaning basically massage on the muscles to get the lactic acid out help with recovery um, or is it, you know, certain people have little things here and there to kind of focus in on. So it, it's a battle. There's a lot of athletes. It's early mornings, late nights. And then, yeah, when you're not treating the, the athletes in, in the makeshift athletic training room, you're going to the court and you're trying to watch everybody in case there is an emergency and you yeah. have to do field coverage right there or court coverage. And if you're lucky, you get lunch. If lucky if, if you like if the athletes like you they'll bring you lunch otherwise <laughs> yeah. you try to run away and, and hide or take a nap here or there so yeah. yeah it's volunteering but you know one thing that i did write on my vision board back when i was in high school is i wanted to travel the world for free there you go and then that's you know this is one component or one way mm-hmm. i've been able to do that and so it's a lot of work but it's also brought me to a lot of cool places and i i pretty much guarantee that the athletes being able to work with you on the road me having been able to work with you and honestly you're one of the best that we have we all get really excited when you're on the road because we know we're getting good treatment which is probably why you don't get to sleep (laughs) (laughs) true but but i mean how many athletes have come through repair you know you're you're in a southern california town where a lot of us live and and now a lot of the clients uh a lot of your clients are yeah yeah and that's why i always say i'm in in debt to usa volleyball for that because it has really helped mutual it's mutual, yeah. for sure. So it's it's definitely drawn in a lot of athletes um, into the clinic, which then just draws you know the general public into because mm-hmm. you're working with athletes. So yeah, with I know that one of the biggest things for say like youth and high school kids is getting a college scholarship, mm-hmm. which means playing pretty much year round. Are you starting to see kind of an uptick in? similar injuries just from using the same muscles over and over and over again because i know with basketball uh acls are they're setting new records for tears every year and i'm sure that shoulders are just falling off left and right with volleyball are you starting to see more of that yes and no i say yes because what you said they're specializing younger and there's really no off time you know you when you're a younger kid middle school high school you want to have some downtime, and that doesn't mean necessarily not playing, but if you're a volleyball player, play soccer or, you know, whatever. Mix it up a little bit because, yeah, there's a lot of repetitive motions. 
So we are seeing some earlier injuries that I'd be like, how? Because when you think of a young kid, you're not thinking rotator cuff for labor injury because their their shoulders have so much <laughs> mobility <laughs> that there there's not much rigidity to do that. However, sure, you add, you add a lot of load to that over a long period of time, you start seeing it. So yes, but on the no side, these kids are starting to get more knowledge in the athletic trainers. In the, in the schools, if they can't manage it, they're at least saying, hey, go to repair. You know, so we do get a lot of high schools or club teams um, that we're either partnering with and that they know to send them in. We're, we're also with our recovery lounge. Um, we are partnering with different teams and booster clubs to have, you know, during a football season, have us come once a week to the school and we do the vibration and the Normatec and all that stuff there. And then if there's kids that need a little bit more, then they come into the clinic. So... The, the knowledge is circulating around, hard to manage because there's a lot of kids. Uh, but those, those ones that are you know, already setting the path to get the scholarships because of the stuff that you guys are doing is trickling down and they're starting to come in. So they're, they're getting that recovery. They're getting that rehab from us. Yeah. And I know we've, we've kept you here for a pretty long time here late on a Monday night. Um, is there anything else that you want to bring up that you think is – Something imperative for athletes to know or any of our listeners to know or just anything you want to chat about? I think just closing it out is have the open mind. You know, even if you've been an athlete for a long period of time, there's always things to work on. Um, you know, have, don't, don't ever forget about that we are all energy and that comes with mindset, mentality, training, energy work kind of stuff. Uh, recovery is real. Make sure you, you add that into to your regime. And be open to different things that are out there. I mean, Trey touched on a uh, Trey touched on a bunch of them, whether it's breathing or meditating while in contrast, or even the term contrast. There's a lot of different things out there, and those can really get you to the next level. And, and to me, that's very exciting, and it's something that throughout my career I'm going to continue to learn. And a lot of times, you know, one thing we didn't talk about is the athletes teach me a lot of things too, you know, because they also have knowledge and. And if it works for them, I try to incorporate it with some of the other athletes and see where it goes. Because everyone is individualized at the same time. Yeah. Something that comes to mind like when we're talking about that is like also you don't have to be an athlete to like really get into all this stuff. Right. Like I stopped playing for a year and a half with the autoimmune disease and and I mean I pretty much didn't stop doing this kind of stuff. I was like, Oh yeah, like this is my trick to being happy and healthy and I was like, Why doesn't why is my neck like still tired? Why is my back sore sometimes? I'm not playing sports. I thought if I played stop playing sports, I would just stop being injured, right, right. like sore. Yeah. Apparently it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> our tire arms are not just going to be smooth sailing. Right. Yeah. So like this stuff is it can come in handy for anyone, especially Anything. the contrast stuff and the breathing yep. and meditation and I mean for sure rehab. If you're in a desk mm-hmm. job, like if I ever have a desk job, which probably is not going to happen. I'm going to have a yoga ball right next to it to be like, you know, flipping myself in the other direction to counter yeah. all that hunching over. I'm yeah. Going. It'd be like Dwight Schrute. <laughs> yeah. In the oh, most sure. yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's very true. It applies to people that have either physical jobs or people that sit at a, a desk, you know, like totally. when you're, you're stagnant, a lot of things get tight, a lot of things get weak. So there's a lot of different things just to help with general wellness you know too and and even the retired athlete I, I work with Fred Couples you know obviously he's had 20 30 years of back pain and you know he's starting starting to down his career a little bit and you know I talk with his agent quite often it's like 
the moment he stops playing golf, it doesn't mean his back pain's going to go away. Right. So we're we're talking about what do you do after golf? You know, like let's let's make sure that you're able to be active and not in pain and all those right. things. So it, it doesn't just apply to athletes and it doesn't, you know, just apply to while you're an athlete, but also even the time after being an athlete. Awesome. Yeah. Now, where can our listeners follow along with you on social media? Where can they contact you or, you know, if they want to call and set up an appointment to come on in, how can they reach you? Absolutely. So uh, repairsi.com is our website that has everything on there. Otherwise, you can follow us on Repair Sports Institute on Facebook or Repair Sports Institute um, OC on Instagram. And then an email to get a hold of me is chad at repairsi.com. And lastly, the phone number to the office is 714-377-4314. Awesome. And you are located in Huntington. Huntington Beach, yeah. Yep. Hopefully to be in L.A. within the next couple of years. Oh. Or this area generally. You'll be seeing me. <laughs> <laughs> I need to be in Huntington, to be honest. Yeah. Especially after this. I'm all amped. Yeah, let's get it going. <laughs> yep. I need to it's move been mind-blowing to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's get you going. Yeah. Yep. Uh, now, our final question for all of our guests is, if you had to give one piece of advice to an up-and-coming beach volleyball player, what would that piece of advice be? Open mindset. Just be willing to learn. I mean, that applies for life for me and everybody, really. Mm-hmm. But just have an open mindset. You don't always have the answers, and you can always get better. Love it. Love all right, Chad. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Appreciate, sir. It. Appreciate it. Love it. Thanks, guys. Shoots. Love learning. Shoots. Absolutely. Okay.